Hello, everybody, and welcome to the week four episode of We Live for Saturdays. Um, lovely Wednesday afternoon here, uh, joined here by Chris and Maku, as always, after an exciting week three, somewhat of a, a low profile matchup week three, but it was always college football, so it's always a good good weekend. How, how, how are you doing today, Maku? Doing fantastic, boys. Happy to be here. Can't believe it's already uh, pretty much sadly a quarter of the way through the season. Oh. But uh, we're just going to keep making the weeks count, not counting the weeks. So just uh, just got to enjoy it in the moment. And uh, yeah, you know, 3-0 for, for our team and for a lot of teams around the country. So excited to keep it going. And I, I love that, by the way. Make the weeks count, not count the weeks. I, I like that. Yeah, you know, that might be our inspirational that might, wisdom for you. <laughs> that might be our first T-shirt. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it. And then on the back, we'll work in havoc. But that's still a work in process. <laughs> <laughs> work in process. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great week. You know, we got uh, going into it. It was sort of an eh slate at best. No good matchups. Obviously, that's very different this week. But, you know, we saw a few uh, almost big upsets with Florida State barely escaping Chestnut Hill and Boston College. Uh, Alabama, I don't know what that was. And then we did see a few um, mid-majors take down some Power 5 teams. So that's always exciting. So uh, you never know what never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. And um, really looking back at week three, I mean, there was like you, you already mentioned Florida State. There was just a lot of storylines. I was blown away by how slow the Bama game was just not only from time wise. I feel like it was a noon game and it ended at like six or whatever because of the, the delay. But um, scoring like 10 points through the first three quarters against USF, that's not a great look. Um, and of course, they have a, a much bigger matchup this week. But Looking back at last week, I think we ended eight and eight with my uh, my parlay carried us there a little there bit. Go. So that was a throw in at the end. So I'm glad that we were able to to to, to keep that going. And um, overall, yeah, as far as I know, I shared it on the Instagram, but um, I sounded really old there. The Instagram. But overall, um, we're going with a three two one unit approach on like the the pod pods official plays and then the leans so that's how we ended up being up about 40 percent roi there for the week so good week hopefully we can be even better this uh this week in week four but chris what stuck out to you most on week three uh, i know you already mentioned the um the florida state one there yeah and obviously 40 percent roi that's 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 definitely what you want to shoot for. I think uh, your like you said, your parlay really helped us there. Um, we went one on one on pod pods, if I recall correctly. I think the emotion got the best of us hopping on the Kansas State bandwagon, but it did, you know, take a monumental field goal from Missouri to take them down. So still a good week. Washington took care of business. But um, to your question about you know other takeaways, <clears throat> I mean. I, I really don't know what to think with a lot of these teams, you know, that Georgia losing at half to South Carolina, Bama. I mean, I was looking into that a little bit. I, I think Mike has some thoughts, so I'm not going to steal his thunder on Alabama. I know you were, you were texting us a little bit on Saturday. Oh, I got some thoughts. I, I want to hear on. what, I want to hear what that is. Florida state, Boston college, you know, this is the same Boston college team that beat, you know, Holy cross the week before by a couple points. Um, Texas versus Wyoming, you know, I mean, there's a lot that I think that these teams are still kind of figuring out who they are, um, you know, what, what it's going to be like. And, and I, I mean, I think we just need to watch and see. Uh, last thing before I toss it to you, Mike, on your thoughts on Alabama, I did want to toot my own horn um, on Colorado, Colorado State. It took bravery to go against the Buffaloes and I would say Colorado State um Colorado State should have won that game. You know, they didn't – I think there's been a lot of talk on, you know, they kind of did thug it up a little bit. Um, and we're going to get into where Colorado is in a few minutes when we get to their game. But, you know, that this that was the classic sandwich spot, I think. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that I want to continue to look for throughout the year, those spots. You know, these are kids – they got a lot of excitement and hype around them. Um, you know, looking forward to the matchups next week. Uh, that's something I'm going to try to make an effort to look look at when we're picking these games. 
that was a very, very good call. I do give you a lot of credit. I don't know if you did <laughs> Deserve quite a medal of honor for bravery on taking Colorado <laughs> State plus twenty four, but uh, I give you credit. That was uh, you. You were going against us, and that was easily the right play. Super exciting game. I'm um, ashamed to say that as a 32 year old, I'm too old to stay up for two a.m. Yep. to watch the end of it. Um, so I feel more old than Sam just saying the Instagram a minute ago. We're on fire. Uh, boys. It's, uh, that was a very exciting game to watch the recap of and everything like that. But enough about Colorado. We'll get to them later on. Um, Kansas State, hand up. that was probably my fault. I think I got a little excited watching some of their uh, their highlights from the first opening two weeks and thought they were going to really take over and keep going, you know, probably 11-1 and or 12-0 and was my thought in, in the moment. And then uh, Mizzou came out and – and kicked him right back to uh, to earth with a 61-yarder, which was insane, especially for a college kicker. But credit to Mizzou. They're a, a plucky team as well. I'm um, excited to see what they keep doing. And then, yeah, pretty much hit on everything else. Uh, FSU came up to BC in my neck of the woods, and I don't know really what that was. Um, that was a very weird game. Uh, FSU scored 31, but I thought they would shut out Boston College or at least let up you know 10 or fewer. Um, which led me to, to hammer in FSU minus, I think, 26 and a half I got him at. Um, that all was foiled quickly by uh, by BC, just trying to play a spoiler and did a pretty darn good job. So credit to them. Obviously, the underdog's always going to, you know, be stepping up when you need to and be showing out as much as they can. So uh, and then, yeah, last thing, just with, uh, with Alabama, I'm kind of second-guessing, as I'm sure most people in the – Tuscaloosa and Montgomery and Birmingham areas are um, really kind of what Nick Saban's doing because first of all, you should never second guess Nick Saban ever, but that's why it's so alarming. He's really kind of butchered this QB situation. Like they had Jalen Milrow go out and only lose to a top three Texas team by 10 points. And that was kind of a heck of a back and forth battle and really enjoyable to watch. And I don't think you need to change the whole direction of the program which is what you're doing essentially when you swap out a QB two or three games into the season. But then he tried out one of his transfer guys, Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. He was abysmal for lack of a better term. Um, And I think you have Ty Simpson, who's probably a five-star. They all are pretty much there, but even against South Florida, none of these guys really took the reins and and showed off for themselves. So all all of a sudden Saban's kind of backtracking and saying, Milrow, you're our guy. You always have been, but, it's just a very weird, unsaving like, you know, definitely uncharacteristic for him to make such a weird snafu of it all. Um, I think Bama's still going to be a top 10 team, probably a top five or six team by the end of the season. I don't know if they're a lock for the, the playoff anymore, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely see what's going to play out. But I think Milrow's got to be the guy, great college QB skill set and it's a great way to, to play the game. So I say keep on going and, and figure it out from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it speaks volumes to the AP poll who sometimes put questionable votes and then sometimes don't. And for them to put down Alabama a couple spots after a win, I could see that happening to other schools, but that rarely happens to an SEC school by any means, but also Alabama. So I think a lot of people are are on the same train as you, Maku. So it'll be interesting, especially with them playing uh, Ole Miss this week. So um with that in mind, we can move on into week four. Really strong slate of games. I think we're we're touching base on six games, and all six of these are ranked matchups, and I think we left out maybe one or two more. So it's going to be a great weekend of college football, mm-hmm. and we'll kick it off with Florida State at Clemson. And overall, uh, Florida State is minus two and a half, and that total is 55 and a half. We have a ton of games at 55 and a half this week, but – that expected score is 29 to 26. Chris, I know we already talked about um, Florida State's sort of stumble, a little bit of slowdown there up in uh, Boston College last weekend, but what's your initial read on this one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really don't – I don't think I have a good read here. You know, this is one of those Florida State – I think if the spread – if this was after week one and you got Florida State coming off a convincing win against LSU and Clemson coming off that loss to Duke I think the spread would be a little more Um, you know this is a big test for Clemson if they want to have any 
you know, keep any of their reputation as a top tier ACC and even, you know, a college football team, um, a top tier team, they've got to be competitive here, if not win this game. Um, I don't, I don't know if they can do it, but at the, at the same, in the same token, there's going to be so much talent on this field. Um, it's going to be at Clemson. They, so they're going to have the home field advantage here. I don't really like a side here, frankly. I think, you know, this is going to be a big game. They're going to want to show up. Obviously, Florida State's going to want to show up. But, you know, obviously looking at resume for this year, Florida State's definitely got the better outlook. I want to take them, but I think I'm probably just going to stay away. Um, and I know that's sort of a boring take out of the gate, but, you know, I, I haven't seen enough out of Clemson. Obviously, that Duke game was a debacle, but they they turned the ball over tons you know, if they, and, and then the fluky beginning to Charleston Southern, if they tidy those turnovers up, you know, they have the talent to hang with anybody, I believe. So, but at the same time, I don't want to back them. So <laughs> I'm going to stay away. I respect it. That's a, uh, that's a smart play, you know, you know, need to hammer the, the lines of whatever game just because it's a marquee matchup. So respect that move. Um, I'm going to go right back to the FSU. Well, after getting burned by them last week, I think, Chris, you kind of alluded to it a second ago, but, you know, that's definitely the most look-ahead spot they ever had was they were on the road to Boston College and mm -hmm. pretty much walked through the game. Luckily, still escaped with the win when it could have been a lot different. Um, but, yeah, they were looking ahead to this game in Death Valley, in Clemson, going to play, um, you know, at their home. And this is the most, you know, statement potential win for Florida State in probably 10 years or so. I think if they – don't knock off Clemson. You know, they're right back to square even. They kind of vault Clemson back up to the top, and Clemson actually brings Duke with them to the top of the ACC uh, of who's going to actually be, you know, the uh, the cream of the crop and best team coming out of the conference. So if F FSU can't pull off the win um, at Clemson and if they can't really rally and get up for the biggest game, uh, I would imagine, on their entire schedule, uh, I think it's uh, – pretty much curtains for their, uh, for their hopes and dreams of making the playoff and, and making the, yeah, making it a lot farther. So that's my feeling. I'm going to take FSU just because it's the most must win game. I think I've seen for them. And like I said, probably a decade or so, man, we are all over the place. First, Chris, <laughs> Chris staying away. Maku taking Florida state. I am leaning Clemson money line. Um, just based on recency, I, I, I think the LSU game was a great way to start the Florida State season. And then they're sort of regressing a little bit um, from just a, a dominant standpoint. They really dominated for, um, LSU in that week one. And Clemson really, obviously, we already talked about Duke, Charleston Southern. Um, but they really started getting the, the flow going on the offense specifically against Florida Atlantic. I know that's not a huge com uh, competitor by any means, but... Really, Chris hit the nail on the head in terms of turnovers. If they can control the ball at home, I think plus three or plus two and a half is definitely a good spot to have. Um, I'm just going to take money line because it's plus uh, plus money a little bit. But um, I can just if I just didn't do anything with this game and just watch it, I could just see the story happening of Clemson beating Florida State at home when no one kind of expects them to. And then all of a sudden being in the top 15 in the country again and then having a hope for playoffs. So I just see that being um, part of the script across the board. So um, I'm, I'm leaning that way, but not uh, an official player or anything there. I respect it. That's how you know that we're not uh, we're not writing a script for ourselves here either. We just <laughs> go wildly different directions. Exactly. Exactly. And then um, moving on here. So. I think the highest total maybe of the weekend, at least on our slate here, is Colorado at Oregon. And we already talked a good bit about Colorado, but they're obviously the story of college football this year. So Oregon are 21-point favorites, and that total is 70-and-a-half. So that's a 45-24 to 24 game. Um, Maku, initial reactions on, on this one? I know a lot went down last week. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously thrilling game for Colorado coming off, you know, pretty much probably a new rivalry for them, you know, or, or at least a reignited rivalry that was pretty dormant for the last, uh, you know, so many years, of course, but a lot of fun for, for that game, a lot of fireworks. And now they have, you know, a, a ginormous Goliath in front of them of, of Oregon, which I feel like we haven't done a good job of really talking about too much, but Bo Nix mm -hmm. and, uh, and the team up there, 
are absolutely destroying opponents or scoring probably like averaging 55 or 60 points a game or something crazy. Um, or at least uh, obviously in the early goings here, but they have all the firepower they need and all that you kind of, you know, remember and, you know, come to expect from a team like Oregon where they're going to, you know, throw the deep passes. They're going to run the, the crazy screens that wind up being 90 yard touchdowns and just, uh, you know, electric players all over the field. So, um, I think Bo Nix is in probably his seventh or eighth season of college football. So he may, <laughs> may be looking at draft boards next year, or maybe he, he'll just come back again. I don't know. But uh, all that to say, I, I think, unfortunately, the Magic's kind of run out for Colorado when with the Magic also is Travis Hunter. After that, you know, call it what it is, definitely a cheap shot hit from him on the sideline. Difficult uh, way that uh, things unveiled there, but um, they're going to be without him for Oregon and I think next week for USC at the minimum. So very tough games to lose your star player who was also, you know, fairly locked down on the defensive side of the ball. So. I got Oregon probably quite a bit. I think that 21 is almost a little bit too light. I wouldn't be surprised if that makes it up to, to 24 or more. Colorado will definitely score a little bit, but Oregon's probably going to score at will against a, a pretty um, banged up team coming off a, a you know really emotional win there last week. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree, Maku. This is going to be a pick of mine. There we go. Back on the same page. Um, yes, we are on the same page here. So Oregon minus 21. That's going to be something that um, I'm picking. It started, I want to say it's 17 and a half. So it's been really steaming up there. Um, <clears throat> Maku, I think you hit the nail on the head. Travis Hunter, that's going to be a big loss. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if the magic is over, but the magic is definitely going to um, slow up these next couple weeks. You know, I mentioned that with my um, brave pick of Colorado state last week. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, this was, they're probably looking forward to this, you know, and, and I want to give, you know, a lot of credit to Dion. You, you mentioned the, it was definitely a dirty hit on Travis Hunter. Um, you know, you see the flash and you see the showman that is Dion, but I thought it was really refreshing and, you know, from any head coach, let alone someone who really likes to get his guys fired up, you know, coming out in support of the the Colorado State player. It was a dirty shot, um, bad hit, late hit. Um, but that guy's getting death threats now. And that's just ridiculous. Um, and even the even Travis Hunter, I saw him online saying, you know, it's it's football. Things happen. Um, obviously, you hate to see that. So all that to say, um, you know, I think Colorado's got serious issues, especially you, you lose Travis Hunter. Now their offensive line hasn't looked good all year. Um, they can't stop anybody. They've got extreme talent, you know, at certain positions, Shador Sanders, really electric, but I mean, you can see some poor decision-making if, if one of those go for a pick six or, you know, or two turnovers on top of everything that off the Oregon offense is going to do, I think it could get ugly. Um, so I'm all on Oregon minus 21 here. I think this is going to be a, a big win for them and really sort of uh, say welcome to the show to Colorado. Yeah, this might be the might be one of our pod pods because I'm on the same side as well. Uh, Oregon minus 21. Going to keep mine pretty quick. I think there's going to be no resistance for Bo Nix and his offense. Um, I'm leaning. One of my leans is going to be Oregon team total over 45. I think they can get to 50 on this game, um, but we'll talk about it as we, as we go on later, but I do like that minus 21 as well. So Oregon, they, they don't really care about running up the score. They put 81 on <laughs> Portland state in week one. So I think that it's going to be more of like what, like, like what you said, welcome to the show and really just let, let us know what's going on. So if, if we're completely wrong, then we will be on Colorado for the rest of the year. But who knows? <laughs> hot, hot. Poor Portland State, that's all I got to say. Right. <laughs> but I, I will say one quick note, kind of highlighting everything we just touched on there. You know, Colorado kind of started the season with Dion and the headlines, but they were still an unknown kind of team of what they can prove to do on the field. And through three weeks, we've definitely seen it. And it's tons of fireworks, like we just said. But now they've kind of flipped from, you know, almost kind of like, oh, cute, let's see what this team can do out in Boulder to now being like the flashy show with getting celebrities on the sidelines. So they're not going to be taken lightly, certainly, um, nor should they. But Oregon's going to be excited to have them come into their into their stadium and show them what uh, what they've been missing out on over the last few years with, uh, with getting into these sort of battles. So 
Yeah, I like that team total line there, Sammy. Great call on that. And, um, yeah, I think everything else is pretty much all in agreement. Absolutely. And and while we're talking about Oregon, I'm just going to throw in my fun facts here, my episode fun fact, um, where we, we're talking about Oregon State a little later. But Oregon, um, when I think of their football program, the immediate first thought is uniforms and Nike. And fun fact is I did not know Nike was founded in Beaverton, Oregon. I wonder what Oregon State did to really mess up that deal um to to get the the best uniforms in college football because beaverton it was meant to be there so that that's a little bit of a, of a question mark on the beaver side but um and then on in the 1983 civil war i could could hold this for later in the year when they play each other um later on in the year in rivalry week but um, in 1983, during a downpour, they had a 0-0 tie, the last 0-0 tie in college football um, since then. Hmm. So thought that was an interesting fun fact there. That is. How about that? I love uh, it. And since we're talking about the state of Oregon, um, going into Oregon State and Washington State, it's going to be in Pullman. Um, Oregon State are three-point favorites, and that total is 56.5, so that's 30-27. to 27. Um, My first uh, reaction going into this game is I watched the first game of Oregon State when they blew out uh, San Jose State, and then they ensuingly blew out UC Davis. Um, both have awful defenses, but then they played San Diego State last week, who have an average defense uh, statistically across the board and didn't really didn't cover, didn't really uh, overall um, blow them out by any means. So I'm a little down on Oregon State, but I, I know we talked about them last week. Curious what your first read is, Maku. Yeah, I mean, I've been super impressed with Oregon State since the start. I think they started the season probably ranked. I think they're in like around the 20s or so and steadily moving up a little bit. Um to be totally honest, I don't know very much at all about Washington State. I, I still think back to the the days of Mike Leach there and Luke Falk throwing like 500 yards every single game. So definitely uh, very fun back in the day. I don't know what this team's looking like right now, but I do know just from DJ Uyunglele, I believe I got it right again. Um, shout out me. I, I think it just <laughs> speaks to, you know, obviously how uh, advanced and how nice I guess the transfer portal thing has really kind of smoothed out over the last few years where guys are indeed free to not lose you know years of their you know prime athletic you know careers uh, of sitting out and waiting to to play around because I think he was just a super hyped up guy five-star number one QB Um, went to obviously one of the premier programs in the land of Clemson was anointed to be the second coming of their first coming of Trevor Lawrence so it's very very difficult to step into major shoes there, but I think he kind of took a step back and said, let me find a program I can really settle in and kind of be myself and and play my style in. And luckily for him, that was, you know, back 3000 miles across the country with, uh, with Oregon state. So excited to to see how he can keep it going. I think he's a really sharp guy and, and really good with balancing the the run and the, uh, and the aerial attack. So excited to see them. I'll take the, uh, I'll take Oregon state minus the points all day. Yep. And, uh, you know, <laughs> did you say shout out me for pronouncing DJ's name correctly? I mean, we're yeah, going I didn't, I didn't hear you tried to say it. You want it? You want to give it a shot? No, 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 no. But, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that was a brave, that was a brave attempt. So, um, I anyway, I, I got it 95% right. So, all right. Oregon state havoc Kings top 10 in both, uh, havoc allowed and havoc forced, you know, our favorite acronym that isn't an acronym. My I love the beavers. I love the beavers. Um, to be honest, I mean, this is a great game. I think Oregon state, Washington state, the two that have held strong in the pac 12, they're the only two that haven't left for, we'll just say other pastures, not necessarily greener because I like both these teams. They're both really fun teams to watch. Wazoo, Oregon state. Um, you know, (laughs) I, 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 I'll lean Oregon state covering. Um, I don't feel great about it, but I do like them enough. They've shown, albeit against average competition, um, you know, that they, they can get after it. Washington state, you know, they did that first week handle Colorado state. So just to throw that out there, but I'm still going to back the beavers here. 
Man, if I if I didn't ruin this one, this could be another either official or a pod pod. I'm on the other side on this one. Um, I'm going. I'm leaning with Washington State plus three. Um, main reason there's two main reasons. So home game, I was impressed by their environment when they beat Wisconsin last week or the week before um, at home, and then uh, they're just more battle tested. Like I mentioned. Um, Oregon State blew out San, San Jose State and UC Davis. Didn't really shine last week, um, and that, that was their most competitive defense there. Um, and, and meanwhile, like you mentioned, they they beat Colorado State, uh, Wisconsin, and then Washington State beat the McCaffrey fa- family, or at least the father coaching at Northern Colorado last week. So there's a lot of firepower, a lot of um, fun on this game. So... I'm excited to watch it, but I'll lean the other way here in Pullman on, on Saturday night. That's fair. That's fair. And um, going back up my list here, skipped Ole Miss and Alabama. I know we talked about Alabama and Nick Saban and everything going on there. They're seven-point favorites on Saturday and another 55.5 uh, total. Uh, so that's a 31-24 to 24 game there. Um, Chris, initial initial read here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a similar thought process with Bama as I do Clemson. Obviously, everybody knows they're absolutely loaded in the talent department. Um, I agree with Mike. You know, I think this is the right move to bring Jalen Milrow back into the fold. Hopefully, he's not too disheartened after getting benched. Like you said, you know, Losing losing to at on the road to a or no, they're at home, sorry, to um, a Texas team who's very impressive, I would say isn't quite as embarrassing as whatever happened last week. I think that was all Alabama just laying an egg. Unfortunately, I don't think there's anything that's too impressive about South Florida. Um, you know, they, they could. I mean, they're just not that good. So I think Milrow gives you the best ceiling. You got to put them in there. Um he has to improve on his reads, you know, his decision-making. He's got to be quicker and get the ball out and just let the talent do what they do. Um, You know, I mentioned I'm sort of thinking similarly to Clemson. Bama, I mean, they have not looked good. They're obviously favored by seven, but they could either win big here by 17 points or it could be tight Ole Miss covers or who, who knows. So I don't like a side here. I do like the over. I'm going to lean the over um, mainly because Lane Kiffin, you know, he go, he gets after it. Both of these teams have talent, have speed. Uh, we know Saban's record against his ex assistants. Another reason why I don't want to pick a side here. Um, but I like the over here. I think it's going to be exciting. I think Jalen Milrow, as you said, Mike will start getting it going. I don't think their college football playoff necessarily, but they're going to improve. It's Nick Saban. So the offense will get better. I hope it uh, starts clicking a little more here. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree. I'm a little uh, tentative and scared to take pretty much any of these numbers, to be honest with you. I think they're very well laid out. Obviously, shout out Vegas. Um, it's just, uh, it's really tough because you could see this game going any which way. I think uh, Kiffin could finally get a huge you know, program almost defining win over Alabama, um, you know, with it being set up this way and with them looking pretty sharp early on. Uh, but again, you know, that would all really have to depend on how much of Alabama's team is kind of feeling that unrest still from the, the QB shakeup and playing so sluggishly and poorly and, you know, horribly down with it with South Florida. You never really expect to see a game go that way, but Still, they survive with the win, so they're uh, they're chugging along. We'll see how it ends up going forward. It's going to be a, a fun game to watch. I, I honestly don't think I would care to put any U.S. dollars on uh, on one way or the other. I think it's a little bit more fun to just let it uh, develop as it's uh, as God intended to do. Um, but uh, if you had to do a little bit of a lean somewhere, I, I would say just cheer for the points. I think it's pretty clear that Ole Miss can score pretty much with the best of them. I think Bama's defense isn't quite near as – elite as it's been in years past. And I think Kiffin's going to take advantage of that. So both teams scoring in the, the upper twenties, low thirties is a, uh, seems pretty, pretty possible to me. But again, I may just sit back and uh, on the couch on that Saturday afternoon and, uh, and let it happen and, and see what happens with it all. 
Yeah, I think if this game was in Oxford, it would be a completely different story. Um, but it's at Alabama. Um, based on their recent form, I, yeah, if it was at Ole Miss, I, I, I would be all over the seven points. But I, I don't necessarily love any side there. Um, my, I'll share, I'll share it later. But official play on this one's going to be first half under 27 and a half. Um, so that allows for a little bit of a double dip action, maybe a little bit slow first half, and then things open up pretty pretty largely in the uh, okay. in the second half to please us all. So I, I like think it. I think that there's a lot of transitions going on on the Alabama offensive side. It's going to be a slow start on their side, and then Ole Miss is dealing with some injuries. So I just I just see a little bit of a slower start. All this really needs is a low scoring first quarter, and we're in, we're in a good spot. So. I like that, and, and then I could see the second half opening up as as people get tired, people make adjustments, that kind of thing. All right, two more. Um, really, the next one here is probably the game of the week. I know it's college game day, but Ohio State and Notre Dame, um, another game that's 55.5 total. Ohio State is minus three, three-point favorites, um, so that's 29-26, so... I'm super excited to watch this game. I know Notre Dame, I feel like I've watched a lot of them with the the Navy game to start out the year and then them playing NC State here. So I feel like I've watched a lot of their games. Um, but Chris, what is your uh, initial read here on this one? Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is, gonna, this is an exciting game. Um, look, I, I'm probably going to lean the over on this one as well. Uh, you know, this is just another one of those. I mean, these are great matchups between great teams and you really don't know it's too early in the season, at least for me to really know what these teams have. So I'm not exactly on a side. Um, you know, this is going to be a really big matchup. Um, I think, you know, there's going to be skill on both sides of the ball. Notre Dame now has Sammy Hartman. So, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to root for points here. I like, um, this game to get after it, let the skill guys do their thing. Ohio state, they're going to continue to get clicking, I believe. Um, so I, I I'm going to root for points under touchdown Jesus here. Well said, I, uh, I will admit I've been trying to keep myself very impartial and, you know, putting out my, my voice publicly in the podcast forum to our, our fives and tens of listeners. Um, shout out everybody, uh, tuning in. Let's get yes. that to the hundreds and millions soon enough. But uh, like I said, I'm trying, I, you know, like to give credit where credit is due. I, I think I've been pretty complimentary towards, you know, with teams like Michigan this year, who normally I would cheer against and going hand in hand with them as they, uh, as they would hate is Ohio state. Um, I've honestly been a little bit more uneasy and kind of more, you know, a little bit judgmental. I think about the team they just beat up on Western Kentucky last week. So tough to really take too much away from them, but I think just the early season, you know, also kind of QB uncertainty, that battle between McCord and Brown that I think just got settled out before the, uh, before kickoff last week with the, with that big beatdown of WKU. So I think things are starting to settle into place for them. I, I still just kind of have that weird taste in my mouth of, you know, it, it wasn't the, uh, you know, the Ohio state that we're used to seeing in years past. And, you know, honestly, as a Penn State fan, kind of uh, kind of like to see, you know, some uh, some holes in the armor and, and, and what we can uh, potentially look forward to later on in the year when they have some bigger matchups. But this is the uh, the biggest test right now in front of, in front of them at Notre Dame. Uh, just give me the Irish money line. I, I love Sam Hartman. I, I love what he's done, you know, being part of the team and obviously has a, a ton of great pieces around him, you know, both on the offensive and defensive side. Um, Audric Estime, I believe, is the running back there, and uh, he can carve up a 80-yard touchdown at the drop of a hat. So, very fun team to watch. Going to be on both sides. Going to be some some huge plays. Marvin Harrison's probably going to score a touchdown or two. Um, but uh, excited to watch it. I'm going to be betting on Notre Dame just purely because that's a, a huge game under the lights, and that just screams, you know, the the epitome of college football. So let's dive into it. Love it. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about this game. I think it's going to be a story of great offense versus great defense. Um, Notre Dame has scored 42, 56, 45, and 41 through their four games, and Ohio State has allowed 3, 7, and 10 in their first three games. So 
something's got to give something might not give maybe both teams will just score and both teams will continue to fire up the uh the scoreboard there so i'm with with chris on this one over 55 will be an official one on my side or my my card here um i can just see this being a high scoring classic i I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the high 30s 40s for for each team here so hopefully it it might be on the notre dame side um to to mccu's point but i I think there's gonna be a lot of points here so i'm excited about it i love it yeah put me down for the over as well i'm gonna be same sort of mentality let's cheer for the points and let's do it we're wrong we're wrong but it's gonna be a classic either way nice and then before we get to sort of our final uh, picks and and card there, last game is going to be Iowa at Penn State. So as you all know, we are a, a Penn State podcast, Penn State um, alum here as far as knowing the most about that football team. But this is the whiteout, and we are super excited to, to watch it. Not necessarily be there this year, unfortunately, but um, Chris, first, first uh, read, reaction, or excitement on this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously a big one. Anytime it's a whiteout, it's a big one. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I like the over here. I'm just going to get right to it. You know, I, I think anytime you have the whiteout, it's obviously an insane atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I, I like our, our, our skill guys. Um, we're starting to incorporate the pass a little bit, but our run game is really what's impressing me right now. Um, you know, but this kind of strikes me. I, I think we, we have started slow, you know, a, a little bit, which kind of concerns me because, um, you know, a lot of times in the wideouts, maybe this is just my feeling, but we really take advantage of the, that atmosphere early on. I can think back to some Michigan and Ohio state games and Penn state is just smothering them early on. So that's kind of, where I want to, you know, if I was Penn State, I want to take advantage of a hot start. I think we're going to script a few drives. I, I, I like to score some points. The total is only 40, like you said. So I think we're going to score some points. You know, I think Iowa will get it rolling a little bit, per, maybe in the second half in particular. Um, I could see this kind of being like a 27-17, something like that. I don't know if I'm totally confident in us covering. Um and I'm sorry, in Penn State covering, but I do like some points to be scored. So I'm going to take the over 40. There you go. Chris staying impartial as well. Just trying, with trying, the, trying. Uh, you got it. You got it. Well done. Uh, no, I mean, I had the same thoughts, obviously, you know, as again, all Penn State alums here, you know, watching our team. So it is fun to, to cheer them on the slow starts for the beginning of the year. Obviously, West Virginia was a little bit, you know, kind of touch and go there for a bit. I think it was like 14, seven and a half and similar situation last week at Illinois. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like we as fans have, you know, seen the frustrations of that, but think back to when, you know, we were a team that was going constantly seven and five or eight and four was a great year for us. You know, we weren't really looked at as that perennial power that we always kind of have that lofty expectation in our head. And nowadays we actually are in, you know, ranked in the, the top seven that have been since the beginning of the season so it's no longer just a, another team coming to town you're going to get every team's best shot uh illinois speaking of the whiteout tried their orange out last week and credit to them i, I don't think it was a, a full stadium but everybody got the memo and everybody you know donned their orange and uh, and they looked uh they looked pretty sharp and they kept kept the team in the game until pretty much the the fourth quarter when, when penn state pulled away so i think uh Luckily for for uh, for the boys here in Happy Valley, it, it is going to be a home game. Um, Iowa obviously always has kind of a, a bit of a, a slow up when they you know hit those uh, you know marquee matchups. Their defense is still otherworldly. I think they're one of the best in the country. Penn State, you know, great defense as well. I don't think it's quite at the exact same level as Iowa. It actually gives the advantage to to the Hawkeyes when it comes down to talent level and you know schemes and you know, actually making plays when it, when it counts and all that sort of stuff. So I think Drew Aller needs to come out and, uh, and have the, uh, the weight of 110,000 people behind him cheering for him and, and just put, uh, put all those slow starts in the past and really come out guns blazing. So it'll be a great game. I agree with Chris. I don't really see Penn state covering the 14 and a half. I think I was going to keep it close regardless, but um, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with probably like a 28 to 21 kind of uh, finish or, 
24-17, somewhere along those lines for sure. I guess we do need to be we can t- we can continue to be a little more impartial. Both of us said we're <laughs> you know we're not going to cover the fourteen and a half, but we're not picking Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're, so, keeping, so we're keeping it right down the middle. Listeners, do with that as you may. <laughs> but we're, we're we're not going to put that out there. But we will but not endorse that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I think I'm doing my best to kind of forget about last weekend um if it really wasn't for our defense getting five turnovers that is a completely different scoreline against illinois it was drew aller's first road start um and and it was a conference game they were ready to go i was really impressed with their defense and and a couple other players on their end but i do think that we're somewhat limiting the playbook still like we kind of always do in the beginning of the year. So I don't really see that opening up um, in this game specifically since Iowa's offense isn't a huge threat against our strong defense. I really think it's just going to be two strong defenses battling against each other with our offense scoring a little more um, than theirs. So I see, I I'm leaning the under 40 sort of in the sense of what we talked about a couple weeks ago with Iowa state where if there's a total in the thirties or exactly 40, it's that low for a reason. I kind of just want to root for 17 to nothing win or something. I think that would be really, uh, it show, shows the world that we can win in a bunch of different ways rather than just scoring 40. Uh, so I'm leaning the under, but we'll see. Um, and super excited about that. And yeah, we were, my, I don't think I ever said it, but we're 14 and a half point favorites and total is 40 there. So um, kind of on both sides of the coin on this one from the podcast here. Yeah, sign me up for that whiteout shutout there, Sammy. That would be Ooh, yeah, hashtag. There you go. <laughs> All righty. Uh, it, it is worth noting, kind of on that note, I forgot to mention, Iowa is going to be without, I believe, their top two running backs and one very good tight end. I feel like Iowa always has elite tight ends that are proof, <laughs> proof in the NFL right now. Um, mm-hmm. But they, uh, and they are missing their two. Um, but I think they're down to the third string running back. So just keep that in mind as well. I, I would be shocked if they put up uh, a ton of points regardless of how many uh, Penn State does from our side. Yeah, I love that call out. I was looking at the team total, but it's at 13 and that's really all they really need is a pick six for some reason. And that's pretty easy to hit. So I don't I don't really love that too much there. So um, good call out, though. Uh, I love the, the breaking news injury report. Got to do it. <laughs> Emphasis on breaking. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well great um that's the that that's it for the six games that we're covering all ranked matchups super excited to to watch and just ultimately be a bum on the couch on the weekend um and and watch those games um so really before going into some little wrap-ups with fun facts things like that um sharing best bets or official plays I was putting down notes as we were going through. I think we might have two pod pods again with Oregon minus 21 and then that over 55 mm-hmm. in the Notre Dame game. What do we think on those two? I'll, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Let's do it. I'm going to throw out my favorite word when it comes to college football here, boys. Teaser. Throw those <laughs> together, chop off six points from each, and, and just coast oh, to us. Uh, that to as our pod pod. There you go. I think that's the move. So I, one pod pod. Sam, you should like this. You're all about the teasers. I know. you. I thought you – I was wondering if one of y'all might have noticed that I didn't do a teaser this week because I went – I think I think I'm O for the last three of them in a single game, but maybe it's a multi-game teaser is the answer. So let's do that. Um, so that, that'll be Oregon minus 15, and then – That'll be Notre Dame, Ohio State over 49 and a half. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. I love that. Sweet. And then um, just summarizing some of my officials. Uh, I had the over uh, on that one, so I'll remove that one. And then the only other one that I had was the Bama first half under 27 and a half. Um, I do like that a lot. And then one game that we didn't talk about and – probably not going to be watched by me really at all. I'm just tracked on my phone, but I do like Colorado state money line uh, plus plus one thirty against middle Tennessee. 
the only game that I remember Middle Tennessee was when they got blown out in the first week by Alabama. But I was really impressed with the energy and motivation. Um, those are nice ways to say it last week against Colorado. Um, but I do think that they're the better team and they should not be three point underdogs, even if they're at middle Tennessee. So that'll be just a, a random official play from my side. Um, I, like I feel like it's uh, wrong to go against the buffs, but I, I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's the right call. Well said. I was going to say, do you want my pick of the uh, pick of the week? Just going fully off the radar here. Let's do it. All right. If we remember back to week one when I first made my appearance on the podcast, what did I say, Sammy? I said, give me USC's over and then give that to me for the rest of the year. And this is actually beyond the 55.5 that we're seeing everywhere else. This is, I believe, up to 62 or maybe even 62 and a half. Uh, but they're playing at Arizona State. I think it's just going to be another huge offense on display with their traveling circus of Caleb Williams and company. Um, they're just going to light up the scoreboard. They're probably going to score 50 on their own. So Arizona State can uh, can bounce through that vaunted USC defense we've heard so much about for a couple scores. That's a, uh, that's a big over as well. So I'm going to go right back to the well there. And, um, yeah, just uh, – That'll be some good late night viewing after everything's calmed down from the the chaos beforehand. It's at it's at sixty one and a half. Does that matter? <laughs> That's even better for me. Dial it, put it down <laughs> twice as much. And what about you, Chris? All right. So I know we talked through some leans. I'd like you to put me down for a minus twenty one for Oregon as an official play from me. Um, and then I got one off the board as well. So. Air Force, okay? Air Force. I like them minus three against San Jose State. Um, I was looking at just some random games, um, and they have been looking good so far. They are obviously, you know, triple option, um, averaging 320 yards rushing a game. Um, <clears throat> I'm, let's see, And San Jose State is a 128th in the country on defensive line yards. They are getting pushed, pushed off the ball. Um, I think uh, Air Force is going to handle them. Looking at San Jose State, their schedule, I was just curious. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to take away Cal Poly, that 59-3 game for them. But USC, high high scoring offense, they score 28 points. Um, they run into Oregon State, a little better defense, 17 points. Last week against Toledo, unfortunately, I backed Toledo. They didn't quite cover. They they uh, they won by four, but 17 points against San Jose State. What I'm thinking here is, you know, Air Force, not that uh, explosive, but they're going to control this game. So three points, they're going to grind them down. Uh, if they get out ahead, that's going to be even better for them. I'm thinking the under, but I'm going to make it an official minus three for Air Force. And then another one, I was just thinking about um, South Florida, how, you know, we were thinking about the letdown spots or the look aheads. Well, they're coming off Alabama. Um, Do you guys think last week was more about Alabama or, you know, and being unimpressive or was South Florida actually decent? South Florida for the natty. (laughs) <laughs> um okay <laughs> that was going against what i was thinking i thought it was unimpressive because i was like is rice good i don't know rice beat houston but houston's kind of down um but they are a big 12 too so i'm gonna stay off i you know I'm I, about to give I, I was kidding rice, but i, I like it, what you're saying i like what you're saying yeah. about usf um, i apologize I, for not having this fully thought out fully just ready to go all Patriot mode here and love air force right now with that, uh, that eloquent breakdown you gave, I, I could not be more on board with a, uh, with a pick that I've ever heard. So great research there. Um, put me down for the air force minus three minus whatever. Yeah. Sammy. Uh, minus whatever. Yeah. I mean, that was just, uh, I love the, uh, I love the look that you're giving them and that's the, uh, the great spot to, I like it. I like play it. some games when everybody else is going to be distracted by the old misses and the Alabamas and the Ohio States and Notre Dame's. We're just going to pick up with the, uh, with the troops, with the, uh, with the fighter jets on the field. Let's go. I love it. So 
Are you staying away from USF? I apologize. Yeah, no, just, <laughs> just forget Rice and USF. I'll stick with Air Force. Hey, that's JT Daniels. They're they're firepower over there. I know, I know. USF is JT Daniels' next school. Rumors are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. Um, and, and like always, we'll post these on Instagram. Please share. Please like them. Um, love to love to have some engagement there. But um, before we wrap up, um, some fun facts. I know I already interrupted with the Oregon one. Uh, Chris, I knew you got one about Florida State. What do you got? Yeah, so Florida State, you know, I love the mascots, the traditions. Chief Osceola um, of Florida State. Nickname in 1947 when it became a co-ed school. It was it was before that an all-girls school. Rumor has it in 1947 the first football team loved the Seminole name so much they stuffed the ballots when the school was having a vote. So uh, just thought that was interesting. Starting in the 50s, they started beginning um, experimenting with mascots. We'll say you know some were not the best. Um, Osceola though was introduced in 1978. I think he's really cool. His um, his horse is named Renegade, and um, they have been the duo that runs out with a flaming spear before every game. I think that's really neat. Uh, in 2005, however, Florida State was subject or a part one of the teams in a potential sanctions investigation for abusive images. However, Florida Seminole Tribe came to their defense in quick order and got them an exemption due to the good relationship the Florida Seminole tribe has with the school. So thought that was pretty cool. That is a fun fact. You're hammering the, uh, the live mascots early going here. With, yes. Uh, with yes. Ralphie and uh, Renegade. I love it. We just need Ralphie to wait a runs couple more years for, than Renegade. for Penn State to get a live mountain lion out on the field. That'll, that'll <laughs> be, that'll be the day. I'm excited for that. Uh, Sammy, I didn't do my homework. I don't have a fun fact, but I'm just amped up for uh, for week four here. So I'm ready to go, boys, and uh, hope you guys are as well. And actually, I'm sorry. I um, I meant to say Osceola. Ralphie is faster than the person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think really? Renegade, I think Renegade, yeah, horses can run 55 miles an hour. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Well, uh, on that note, we'll that uh, note. <laughs> we'll wrap it up here. Heck of an episode, boys. Uh, looking forward to week five, but we don't really want to wish the season away. Gotta share, cherish, and just enjoy week four. Heck of a heck of a slate going. So, uh, really enjoyed this weekend. Uh, hope everyone enjoys um, the the great weekend and a lot of great football. I think starting on Friday, so we get a little. We get a little sneak peek with some good games. So make the weeks count. Don't count the weeks. Exactly. Boom. Well said, boys. All right. Thank you.